start in three, two, one. Hey! Welcome to Woman Up Podcast. Podcast. I'm O Katrina. And I'm Sarah the Rebel. And this is our podcast where we are crazy cat... Oops, this went backwards. Yeah. We are crazy cat ladies who talk about geeky shit and are very entertaining and pretty. Yes. <laughs> hey, I like it when we switch it up sometimes. We get, we get a little new stuff in. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about our experiences at Comic-Con. Uh, as you all know, I was all up in Hall H, and Katrina was all up in everywhere but Hall H. So. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we we developed a magazine for Comic Con, so my job was to be on the ground getting the fan experience that you can only get at Comic Con. Basically, my job paid me to have fun, which is pretty cool. Sounds excellent. <laughs> it's <was> nice. <laughs> my job paid me to watch panels, so yeah, Comic Con can be Not a magic bad. We pretty, made out. We made out pretty yeah. well. Like everyone else was stuck in like you know like like press suites or tight schedules, and we were like, we're having fun, right? So nice. Um. So first, the um, we'll talk about it. Sorry, I got distracted by Witherin, the class in Harry <laughs> Potter, and I was like, what are you what? Um, first we, we'll, maybe we'll jump around to, we're going to talk about experiences, uh, from Katrina's side, and from my side, I'm going to be talking about the panels in Hall H, and some of you told us what you wanted us to talk about. I didn't write that down, so hopefully I just remember it and talk about it. Um, yeah, I they think, all added you, so... Right. Oh, I have a couple, I, I think. I also think that the three I remember were three that I didn't pay that much attention to, so I won't even be that helpful. Uh, but thanks for playing! Uh, so why don't you start us off with the um, offsite activities? Uh, so there were there were some really awesome offsites this year. We have we had the individual um, you know the little suites and the webtoons lounge. But I think the really cool thing this year is it felt like there was to parody what Nerdist did a carnival going on, and not just like at their headquarters, which was. Awesome, you know, Amy Poehler's Smart Girls was there, they had laser tag, I watched uh, Chris Hardwick interview Elijah Wood and decided that I am going to usurp his throne, I'm coming for you Hardwick, I'm going to be the ultimate panel moderator someday. Um, Ditto. Yeah, exactly. We're the we're the UPMs, the ultimate panel moderators. Wait, somebody write that down. <laughs> it's a parody of what Mark Hamill made up on the spot at Celebration. He's like, you guys are the UPFs, and I'm like, you have never said that before. It's like, ultra-passionate fans, but <laughs> I, he's a national treasure. Oh, bless him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so the off-sites were amazing because they were, like, a full experience. So we had Nerdist Carnival, and then in the back of the con center was the FX Fearless Arena mm-hmm. with real-life horror houses from, um, from uh, American Horror. Not to be confused horror. with real-life horror houses. <laughs> there were no horror houses involved this year, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> I only go to the horror houses. Comic-Con has gotten so mainstream. <laughs> um, but they had they had scary houses uh, for American Horror Story and this butcher thing that they had going on, and then they had like a fearless arena where you had to like it was kind of like Fear Factor where they were like put your hand in bugs and shit. <laughs> and then uh, they also had uh, slushy trucks from The Simpsons and this archer setup with cold water, which is great. And then if you move next to that, you had Adult Swim on the Green, mm-hmm. which was freaking. Awesome. They so they had the meatwad experience and they had their like little games and stuff. What is the meatwad experience? You it turn is, into meat? Oh no. It's a giant you know when you're like in a planetarium, it's a giant dome and it kind of feels like 
you know when there are like motion rides and you're like your yes. seat is moving? It's mm-hmm. like that, but you're in like the grandma section where your seat doesn't move. Right. It's still really cool. I get it. I know exactly what you're talking about. So it like travel it travels you through all these different elements of adult swim and then it turns into like this L S D trip and it's like this is nice. Probably so for Adult Swim. Of also, course. sounds like I'd be vomiting, so I'm glad it, it was you, not me. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that terrible, like, once you got used to it. I've but... done a few of those in Germany when I was little, and I always vomited. Oh, well, don't go to it. But outside <laughs> of that, there was tons to do. They had uh, evening screenings for anybody who didn't make it to parties. You could just take your alcohol out there. They didn't give a shit, and you could just go do your screenings. And they also had a, an actual, like, carnival going on where you could play games and then exchange that for prizes. And so there was a lot going on outside of the convention this year. I mean, every year someone tells you this, and I'm sure uh, you can definitely go to Comic-Con without a badge and just enjoy all of that, and it, it would really just be awesome. So A-plus on the off-sites this year, Comic-Con, I had a blast. And uh, it sounds like you met a lot of cool people at random things, like Lady Sif? I met, yeah, Jamie Alexander, which was... Um, Am I turning green? Because I feel like I'm turning green. I, I went to the um, the NBC party, which was only two hours long, but it was on the rooftop of the Andaz Hotel, and it was for bloggers. So Andaz. The Andaz. Which Andaz. is, par- apparently it's really cheap, but it's a fancy-ass hotel. Oh, yeah, hotel. Kiki's Hunter stayed there before. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's where they ended up in the viewing room one year. Oh, wow. Um, so the Andaz was, was really nice, but it's like 120 bucks a night. Um, so there was, of course, parties on the rooftop. So the NBC party was only two hours long, but she was there. Um, the new cast of Heroes was there. So all of, like, their new shows. Um, there were, like, these cocktails that were based off of Hannibal and stuff. And so, you know, I had a couple drinks and I got up the courage and I, I, like, walked up to her and she, I told her where I was from and we actually did a profile on her last month in our magazine and she was like, oh my god, movie pilot, I love you guys. So we chatted a little and then she took a selfie with me and she was so pretty and then I walked away because I was shy. But that's the best way because, you know, you'll probably run into her again one day and instead of remembering as the creep that hung out with me awkwardly, she'll be like that very professional woman who I talked to and is... Obviously not freaked out by how famous I am. She must be normal. Yay! Good and job. I love her. Um, but yeah, the NBC party was awesome. It was followed by the, uh, what the hell is that? Geek Nation Comic Con A-list party. There were no A-listers there. <laughs> um, they recycled everything from the NBC party. All they did was take down the, the sides, and then there weren't, like, special cocktails. It was like, you want rum and coke or beer? And it was also poorly organized, so... Mm. Um, boo. boo! Let's talk about Hall H a little, and then we'll go back to me. Sure. Um, so, I guess the one that's probably most interesting to you all is the Con Man panel. Yay! Uh, so that, first of all, by the way, <laughs> to clarify, I had absolutely no inkling of what any panels were going to be until they happened. <laughs> like, we looked at the schedule for each day, mm. but most of the pa- the panel like descriptions never were descriptive of, like, what was happening in those panels that we looked at. It was just, like, Con Man panel, Joss Whedon panel, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's all we knew. Mm-hmm. So the Con Man panel came on. I was like, oh, yeah, that's... I know this. <laughs> and it was Alan Tudyk, Nathan Fillion, um, Felicia, Will, um, uh, Allison Hayslip, uh... All the usual suspects. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> like, every single person you would expect to be on that panel was on that panel. Oh, Zach Levi, I think. Just, like, all the <laughs> all the geeks that I'm used to seeing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
were all on one panel. It was like a 14-person panel, which was horrible because Alan Tudyk is one of the most interesting men in the world, and Chris Hardwick kept getting sucked back into Alan. So he would, like, ask a question, he'd get partway down, the, and he'd just hop back back to Alan. He'd get partway down, and he'd hop back up down. Like, Felicia didn't get to speak until, like, an hour in, like, and she was, like, the middle point, and nobody past her got to speak at all. Like, mm-hmm. it was, they should not have had all those people on that panel, or they mm-hmm. should have done what some other big panels did, where they pulled people out, um... As they came to them? Yeah. Right. Um, It was not... That was really not great, because it was distracting to see all those people trying not to be bored. Oh, the the, um, Cylon from Battlestar Galactica. Trisha... uh, Trisha... Herferberger. Herferberger. Hershberger. Her name. Her name's Trisha. I think she's blonde. <laughs> she's very pretty. Anyway, she was on, but like she didn't say a damn word. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was like it was very cool, but it should have been the Alan Tudyk, Nathan Fillion, and Chris Hardwick thing mm-hmm. because they were very good about. They said a lot of really cool, really interesting things, but it just wasn't enough to get everybody else. However, <laughs> at the very end of the panel, um, either Nathan or Alan. I actually, I think it was Alan. Alan goes and he pulls one of the guys up. He's like, this is our guy who did all the editing last night. He's exhausted, blah, blah, blah. And he pulled him and the guy next to him up. And the guy next to him was like, oh, yeah, I do the makeup and blah, blah, blah. And so they're, he, like, asked them a couple questions, but it's clear that the editor guy is just so frazzled from having been up all night to create that trailer <laughs> oh, that we watched. No. And he was just like, I can't even. And he literally couldn't even. And then Alan Tudyk, like, quietly walks away. You don't even notice that he has walked away, because they're talking, right? So you're Mm -hmm. paying attention to them talking. P.S. Katrina is grabbing ever more large things to fan herself with. I hope you're taking a shot. I know I have that effect on some women, but... (laughs) Anyway. So the makeup artist is talking a little bit about what he does, and he says, and I'm pretty sure... I can't remember the guy's name. He's like, and I'm pretty... Let's say his name's Bob. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Bob has been wondering why I've been sitting next to him on a panel all day. And then I, like... Looked at all my other coworkers, and all my coworkers were all sitting in line. We all just start looking at each other like, oh shit, is this motherfucker about to propose? <laughs> and then he's like, we asked earlier who's somebody you looked up to and freaked out over at Hollywood, and my answer is you. And that motherfucker just starts crying. P.S. Will and Felicia are sitting directly behind them while this is happening. <laughs> Felicia is bawling her eyes out, just like crying, like sob cries, like holding it in, but just like, ah! And Will's face is this, <gasps> For like really long amount of time, like I was afraid he was gonna burst a blood vessel, and we're all just like, ah! like trying to hold it in. And then he proposes, and they're like, "We're from the deep south, and we can actually go home to get married." And then, oh, all of my coworkers, male, female, had never heard of anybody on that panel, old and young, not a dry eye. Oh, and everyone was just like cheering so hard, and it oh felt so good to see that we don't fucking have bigots. In Hall H, 7,000 people were happy for this couple. And it was just like, I watched that proposal video, and that was really, really sweet. So, oh, thank goodness for the people who record things in Hall H. Because otherwise, I would not have seen that. (laughs) Uh, My job was to stop those people. (laughs) Guys, you know I take anything I do really seriously, right? Of course. So... When I first saw the first few leaked trailers coming online, I felt personally betrayed and hurt. I was like, they worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Well, I have, I have words about that. Yes, it, we'll talk course. about it later. But as it was my job at that moment, of course. 
I was real hurt because I was like, we've been, we've been doing a good job. Ain't nobody got that. Woo, we're, we flashed a flashing light. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one thing that I did notice with all the panels, so it was very interesting for me. I would never go to Hall H normally. Mm-hmm. There were people there who had been camped out for multiple nights. Some had just been camped out for one night. They camped out with their newborns, with their three-year-olds, with their entire families. Like, it just looked horrible. And all of them were slightly grumpy from it, by the way. Of course. Um, To camp out all night to go in there was never something I'd be willing to do. So, uh, first of all, this was a very different experience for me because I've never been in Hall H and I don't generally go to panels. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I got out of it is... I do think panels can influence how you feel about a movie. If you form an attachment, if you get the backstory of why things are the way they are, it can really help influence your excitement level about a show. For mm-hmm. example, Pride and Prejudice Zombies. Doesn't sound like something I would give a shit about, but I watched that trailer and I listened to that cast. P.S. Have you heard of this at all? Yeah, I read the book. It's going to be a bunch of ass-kicking women who are trained to battle, not mm-hmm. to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's just killing zombies and pride of pride. And it's great. It's great. It's all good. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And I would never have known if I hadn't watched the panel. There's a truck outside. Maybe I shouldn't say anything important for the next few minutes. La, la, la. <clears throat> By that same token, panels can be really revealing. And one of the things that I couldn't help but notice was the lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, in every panel. You know, there's a lot of articles going around right now like oh there's a marvel has a superhero problem blah, blah, blah. no no it's not just marvel every panel had a lack of diversity and most they would have one i think the panel that had the most black people that i can remember was like um maybe suicide squad or there's a tie i think between suicide squad and uh scream queens mm-hmm. scream queens had angela bassett and kiki palmer on a panel and we heard from each of them like once Mm. That was the other problem. They had black people, even the ones that had black people on their panel weren't asking them questions, weren't talking to them, because guess what? Angela Bassett. What the fuck is Bassett? Why would you not ask her every question? I would ask her so many questions. Hey, Angela Bassett, do you regret turning down the role of story? I would have so many questions for you. Duh. Um, the only person who really had a ton of things to say uh, was, and God damn it, I meant to look up her name before I wrote it down, but the actress from The Walking Dead, um, it was very clear that both she the moderator and the cast and crew took her very seriously as an important part of The Walking Dead. And she was asked lots of questions, and she had opinions on lots of things, and that was actually a much more refreshing panel to watch Mm -hmm. um, than a lot of the other ones, where I'm like, okay, oh, look, they got a black person. Oh, but they don't have any questions. I'm so sad that you were not in Room 9 on Sunday, because, and I hate to interrupt you, but um, Milestone Media, Mm -hmm. like they announced their grand return return comic. I'm so happy. I talked to them personally. I'm going to pitch them. It's going to be amazing. And so it it, it started out as an all-black-led uh, company who wanted... They just wanted to create diverse superheroes, and DC loved them so much. They're the people who created Static Shock, mm-hmm. and, Shock and Zombie and Icon, and DC wanted to pull them in because back in the 90s, DC was very aware that they had a diversity problem. So mm-hmm. now they're coming back with Earth M. There are going to be crossover events. They're getting figurines. Um, figurines! You know, they, they're they they're very closely involved with the Static Shock series, which, by the way, is still in the early casting process. So don't lose your shit over Jaden Smith just yet. Because they... It was so funny. Okay, so one of, um, one of the co- co-founders is named Dennis Cohen. And someone blatantly asked him, like, is Jaden Smith really playing Static Shock? And he was like, 
And and then Reginald Hudlin came in and he was like, we're in the very early I follow, I follow Reginald on Twitter, he's hilarious. <laughs> so, it, Earth M, I'm so excited about that. Right before that, um, I believe it was, um, you know, a black geek media panel mm-hmm. and... Um, Jamie, uh, I still don't know how to pronounce your last name, Brodno? Brodno? Bro- I thought it was Brodnax, but I know Brodnax. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah Jamie Girl from, uh, yeah, Black Girl Geek. She was on it. There were some amazing people speaking, so I felt very lucky to be there. And then, of course, I followed, like, Milestone, because I had been at the press right. conference. So, I wish that those people were in Hall H. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, we should go put them in Hall H where they belong. Right. So, yeah. Um, so that that was, like, the biggest thing that I noticed uh, as far as, like, overall thing about attending panels. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, they the EW actually did two very interesting panels. They did one called uh, Brave New Warriors, and that was the all-guy panel. Mm-hmm. And then they did one... Uh, what was the other one called? Like, Women Who Kick Ass or Badass Women, something like that, uh, for the women's. Now, for the Brave New Warriors, of course, it was all white men. <laughs> Just whatever. <laughs> um, although, there, one of them, I can't actually tell if he might be, like, Asian or, like, mixed with Asian. It's hard to tell just from looking at him. I don't know the guy personally, but mm-hmm. definitely no black people or Latino people on that panel. But at first, it was very bro, 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 bro. Um... Although there was one guy who's like, the skinny guy, and he kept, like, pointing out that he was the skinny loser guy of the group, but then it became kind of annoying that he was doing mm. it. But the moderator was a woman, um, Lynette Rice, and she was tearing him up, man. She was like, so what did you pack? How did you decide what you were going to wear? <laughs> and they were all just like, I let my wife pick for me. Except for the guy who does the really bad Australian accent, Pacific Rim. He was like, he was wearing an N7 shirt. He was like, I wear my geeky shirt. <laughs> pretty adorable. But, um, she, like, so she was basically trying to force them to talk about issues that might make them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so they talked about sexism. She was like, tell me your experience with sexism in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And so they actually shared stories, and some of the stories were about them being taken advantage of by somebody in power, and some of them were about women they knew being taken advantage of. And they said some really dope shit. And then, uh, the same skinny guy that I was picking on earlier saying he, you know, he kind of got annoying. Well, he stood up and was like, if you made a list of all the things that, uh, all the words that were supposed to be for guys, nobody would fit all of those things. Like, we gotta stop with this idea that men are one thing and women are another thing, and if you, you don't fit those things, you have no place. Like, a man can be this and that and the third. Anyway, and basically started talking about cisgendered shit on a panel full of bro dudes. It was great! The whole, like, whole age just erupted. Like, ah! <laughs> And you could tell, like, three, th- like, three of the other dudes were just like, I don't know what that word I just said. <laughs> and then one of them, the Outlander guy, bless his dumb, beautiful heart, basically was like, repeated what he said, but in a very simple, simple, simple way. Mm. <laughs> I was just like, this one's for you dumb people in the back. He still, he gets it. That's <laughs> pretty much what he was saying. Good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was surprisingly hilarious. But then, over into the badass women, it was Gwendolyn Christie, Haley Atwell, Jenna Coleman, Gal, and then Kathy Bates. And so except for Gal being the Israeli woman, uh, it was all white women, and I was kind of like, we already know the actress that plays Michonne is here. <laughs> we know for her, but we saw her earlier. Aisha Tyler was there. Aisha Tyler was there. She was modern and some shit. She was so funny as usual. Oh, sure. Like, there's lots of badass women you could have invited. Just saying. Um, Abby Miller, what? Like, from fucking um, Sleepy Hollow? Like, she would have worked. Anyway, I don't know her actual name. Mm-hmm. Um... But it still had a beautiful moment when a man came up and uh, asked this question of um, 
Ga- Wait, how do you say her name? Gal. Mm-hmm. And she went, oh, that pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And like leans forward and then he starts speaking to her in Hebrew. Oh, nice. And he asks this question in Hebrew and she like has a moment where she's sitting there and like you can tell she's trying to like collect herself and she's like, I'm so sorry. It just means so much to me mm-hmm. to be spoken to in Hebrew mm-hmm. on this stage. Like I'm just a girl from Israel and then I get to be Wonder Woman. I was just like, oh, as much as I fucking hate you for Wonder Woman, this is a beautiful moment. <laughs> Like, so, and that's why I kind of think it's important to have diversity on panels, because they made a connection there. Mm -hmm. Something mattered to two people there, and that's something that we should be seeing in a lot more ways. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that was Sarah's rant over. Go back to your experiences. Uh, experiences! (laughs) I went to a bunch of press roundtables, and I know somebody asked uh, if we could talk about Supergirl a little, and so I went to the Supergirl roundtables, and the Gotham uh, PR was uh, wrapping up at that point, but... I spoke with um, Melissa Benoit, who is playing the Supergirl. Um, And she's like an absolute peach. She's amazing. She's just like Supergirl in real life. She's like super into it. And she, the biggest regret she had was that she, it was her first Comic Con. So she never, she will never experience it as a fan in a way, you know? And she's like, you know, I tried to go incognito. But then I talked to the guy who um, is playing. James, not Jimmy, I'm sorry, his name's James now, uh, who is his, uh, do you, have you seen him? Oh yeah, that sexy ass motherfucker, you got to talk to him? I got to talk to him, I asked him what it was like, you know, uh, playing this new version of J- of Jimmy, and like, he says, he, he was like really into it, he says that there's gonna be some really special things happening with Jimmy, and, uh, and he's just really happy to be there. I was like, I'm happy you're here too. I was about to say, that Sarah would've been like... <laughs> I'm happy. Thank you for existing. So she might be a superwoman, but I'm a see. Well, Sarah bitch. and I are happy for different reasons. I'm happy because it was meaningful to me. But whatever. Anyway, I'm happy because that man looked like a fucking woof. woof. As yes. Sarah from Dragon Age would say, woof. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about about that show. The, the roundtables were really cool. That was like totally rude, Derek. I'm ignoring your opinion. Um, Whatever. Uh, so, also, I wanted to tell you about my spooky ass hotel. I was going to say, I'm really curious about this. I stayed at the Horton Grand, which is an actual haunted hotel. They do really great work keeping up with the amenities. There was never a moment where I felt like I was taking, like, a shower in old water or anything. But that hotel was haunted as fuck. Like, I could hear shit going on in the night. There were portraits of, like, withered out, like, women from the 1920s all over it. Like, the wallpaper was obviously... It was restored, but it was restored to look like it originally did. And there were, like, these foyers that were in this communal area in the in, in, on each floor. And it was just like... Oh, and then on each floor... So we were, you, you went up the elevator, and there was, like, a little cove and, the, and a window. And it was, like someone's like little scenes from like someone's house from like the 1800s and you could tell that it hadn't been touched for a very long time and then there were like all the noises and shit so stay at the Horton Grand it's amazing they let me drink in the courtyard I feel betrayed first of all hang on cats mommy's podcasting (laughs) um I feel betrayed because I went in the Horton and there were no warnings like hey P.S. warning you're in a haunted fucking place. It's haunted as fuck. People like me need warnings. <laughs> I was so happy I didn't stay there very long. I went in there. Uh, Geek Chic was supposed to be yeah, having board gaming. Yeah, I was there. So I'm like, oh, that'll be really cool. I happen to walk in with a bunch of other people, and we're like, where is it? Eventually, we make it to the room. There's nobody there, and there were no games to play. They were That's like, really weird. They were like, oh, we were under the impression people would buy games at 
at Comic Con and bring them here to really? play. Yes. Wow. They were like, so that that was that's what's happening is you're supposed to go buy games and then bring them here and play them. And we were all everyone was just like, okay, and we all start like backing away. They're like, we have snacks, and we're just like, yeah, yeah. They, I okay. So I was staying at that hotel, and on the on the bar side is where I was. Like mm-hmm. I was four floors up. So I just took the stairs down every day because it was faster and like whatever. I like got out, you know, of the hotel faster. And I went into a party from Geek Chic and I was like, oh, it's a party. And I saw like some people I knew and I was like, hey, are you guys having a party? Can I like buy a drink and hang out? And they were like, well, this is an exclusive party. And I'm like, well, no one's heard of you. And then I, I didn't say that, but that's what I felt. And then they were like, we're having an after party for everyone. I didn't come back. Because I had more important parties to go to that night. Right. But either way, it was a really, like, it. you could definitely tell you were around friendly ghosts. They didn't fuck with me. Like, nothing terrible happened. I heard stuff, and maybe, like, something got moved. Uh, but I think that might have been my roommates. So it was really cool. It was creepy, but it was also, like, Disney creepy, where it's like, you're in the Haunted Mansion, and you're like, that's a little scary, but also it's good So Nothing in the Haunted Mansion is scary. Nothing. Is, it's no. all really cool. It's like it. Yeah, it was just really cool, and so it was a nice experience. And I'm gonna probably put that on my want list for next year when I try and apply for hotels. Get a suite. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So I already talked about Milestone uh, with Earthm coming back and Static Shock. So. Um, oh yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Star Wars for sure. a little bit. You were in the so. Hall Age panel. Let me tell y'all about these crazy fucks said to us. Uh-oh. So, to reiterate, I worked as an usher. Mm-hmm. There were ushers and there were security guards. Mm-hmm. They come to us uh, right before the Star Wars panel, some folks, and they're like, Hey, so, at the end of Star Wars, they want to empty the hall and send them all to another place with them in an organized fashion. <laughs> and we all said, me and the other two supervisors... Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. We're happy to have it then. <laughs> oh, boy. So we're like, all right, we're going to die. And we, our, our overall supervisor came by, and she's like, what's going on? And the other supervisor was like, basically, if we don't show up to work tomorrow, it's because we're dead. Mm-hmm. We have been trampled to death. Because mm-hmm. we're all like, oh, my God, we're going to fucking die. The plan was they announced that they're, that's what they're doing. And then we and security on two different lanes try to stop everyone from running out of the doors at once. Mm-hmm. We're like, basically, we're going to die. Hmm. Put a pin in that, because we're going to talk about the panel and then get back to that part at the end. Yes. So the panel, of course, for me was amazing. I didn't attend, but, uh, you know, Lucasfilm is great, and they put the panel and the BTS footage online, like, immediately. Um, and, of course, the highlight of the panel was the original cast. Like, right. I love John and... and, and uh, and Oscar and Daisy and all of them, but like the original cast showed up somehow. They got Harrison Ford to crawl out of his grumpy cage and smile. He still looks pretty grumpy. He he still looks just naturally. Even when he grumpy. smiles, he looks like, like a grumpy mm. smile. Well, I really liked I really liked the way they brought everybody out. They yeah. had the new cast out first, mm-hmm. and so we're all like, okay, yeah, cool. This is probably what it's gonna be. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then just through very natural means, mm-hmm. he, uh, Chris Hardwick was just. I think he was probably moderating. He moderated. Yeah, like he moderated. Um, you know, he maybe he said something like, yeah, you know, it's cool that your character might have some relation to the character that Carrie Fisher played, <laughs> and then, like Carrie Fisher comes out, and everyone's like, oh my god, wait, she's actually. Ah! And then, you know, 
Carrie Fisher's there to talk to her a little bit. P.S. Carrie Fisher's a sassy fuck, man. I love she her. Was so, she was being Did you sassy. see her response to the Slave Leia, like, Fox News anger? Because it was, like, parent anger. It wasn't like, I wish there were more figurines of Leia in different outfits, which is what I want. Right. It was just like, how dare they put this naked figure in our aisle? And it Fish, was Fox I had, News. I had that 10 years ago. Give yeah, me the program. G- seriously, catch up. So Carrie Fisher responded. She's like, I heard there's outrage. It's kind of hilarious. I wasn't outraged when I had to wear that. And then she, she kept on going, and she was like, the only reason that chain bound me was because we were waiting so I could throw it around that giant slug's neck, choke him, and send him into infinity. And I was like... She's so I love awesome. You. I love you. As a young girl, Sarah was very turned on by that slave land scene. <laughs> it would later prove to be something that affected her entire life. Oh. Um, everything <laughs> made sense as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so she comes on, she's talking a little bit, and then like he's like, yeah, so what was it like working with Mark Hamill? <laughs> like, Mark Hamill came out, we're like, ah! <laughs> And it's all exciting and crazy, whatever. So they're all talking for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we're going to take fan questions throughout. And someone comes up and they're like, how's Harrison Ford? Mm-hmm. You know, how's his foot? And he was like, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? We're all like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, yes. Yes. Harrison Ford walks out sprightly as shit. Yeah, of course. He's like, I crashed a plane. And then <laughs> Chris Harvey's like, how's your foot? He's like, what? <laughs> how's your foot? <laughs> It was amazing. I just love everything, the way they interacted with each other. Like, uh, I was like, you guys are best friends. They were, and he kissed her when he (gasps) kissed her. And it was just like, you could just tell that, like, the way they all felt about it, like, how much they all loved each other, like, before really showed through. Like, when Harrison was talking, like, Mark and Carrie were like, (laughs) like, tell me more. And what was also, uh, you all will be interested in this. As you know, Katrina is always very super enthusiastic about Star Wars, and I'm always like, I don't know, man, they got rid of my expanded universe. <laughs> well, they demonstrated the puppets mm-hmm. and all of the practical effects that they'll be using. Bob Joe! And they talked about it a lot, mm-hmm. and I have now come around, and I am tentatively excited about Star Wars. I signed the fuck up for Star Wars when I saw Daisy piloting the Millennium Falcon. I know, you're I signed the fuck up. I was like, that is a little girl piloting the Millennium Falcon. I'm here for this. And so, I'm very excited and, you know, so speaking of all that, uh, the the footage stuff that you guys had wait, to protect. Cause it, don't it start with Star Wars yet. Oh, wait, yeah, it's not, it's bouncing off of Star Wars, but we're gonna talk about that stuff that happened after the panel. Right. Yes. So, at the very end of the panel, uh, they announced to the whole audience, hey, we want, there's this guy who did this walk, I think his name was Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, as a stormtrooper. Oh, right, yeah. And he was like, well, Kevin, we want you to walk a few more feet. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, we're gonna follow this band out of the hall and to the right, and we're gonna take you all to a Star Wars music party for free that you can all enjoy. So everyone starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, me and my team have assembled in a line, ready to die together in this last moment. <laughs> But God damn it, if Chris Hardwick didn't save our lives. <laughs> because he knew. I think he just knew. I don't know if somebody warned him or what, but he knew that that crowd was going to trample us. So he's like, everybody, please don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. Please don't move. And then he slowly guided them through the fact that there was room for everyone, that absolutely no one was getting turned away. Blah, blah, blah. And he stayed on the mic until, like, the first group had left. Mm-hmm. Because, and if he hadn't have done that... <laughs> We would have died. But anyway, the security thought we had done, done like, a really good job keeping the crowds down. I'm like, 
Yep, you're welcome. But really, like, fucking <laughs> Chris Hardwick, thank you for not letting us all die. Thanks, Uncle um, Chris. And we got all 7,000 people out of there, which is really unfortunate because there was a panel after that. Oh, my God. Kevin Smith's panel. Oh, no. And not to take you too far away, because I think yeah. we can go back to that. Um, mm-hmm. Y'all know Kevin Smith is a Star Wars fan, right? Oh, yeah. And he could see everything that was happening from where he was waiting to go. Mm-hmm. And so he comes out there and basically says, Hey, guys, yeah, it's cool, you know, huh? if you're wondering why the hall's so empty, it's because Star Wars just took everybody to go to party. But hey, maybe if we don't have too many questions... We can all just go to the party. <laughs> Kevin literally was like, guys, don't ask me anything because I want to go to the Star Wars party oh. and my heart is broken. And then he tells this long, drawn-out story about how he's always feared that he'll have Hall H and no one will show up. And now today his fears were realized. And it's not that bad. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Nothing is that bad. He's fine. Oh. He was devastated. Oh it was God. so hard to watch. I walked away after a little bit. I was just like, oh, Oh, I I want to like write him a letter and be like, "You're okay, buddy." <laughs> You're like a sticker. You are okay, happy face. You are. I know. <laughs> okay. You are okay, buddy. But speaking of the trailer that they showed, so yeah, um, so of course it was Sarah's job to try and make sure that trailer footage didn't leak. But it's really my opinion that. Star Wars did it best. They didn't come in with a trailer. They didn't come in with footage that wasn't going to be online immediately. Mm-hmm. They are and they are massively inclusive to their fans at home, but they always make something special happen for the fans at the event. They did this at Celebration too. You know, they they of course it was Star Wars Celebration, so they didn't have to do too much because yeah. uh, they had all kinds of panels and all the actors had their own panels and stuff. Uh, but. So they they gave the fans that concert so that they could release the whole panel and all of the footage and everything that happened online. Right. And I think that instead of studios writing long letters to <coughs> DC about how mad they are at fans like leaking footage, maybe you should think about more creative ways to market your movie. Show the BTS footage. Show interviews with the actors. Tell the people about the movie. And then show them the trailer and release it online. Give them something more special than that. Because honestly, I think if you wait 32 hours for a minute of footage, I don't think that's fair. Right. I don't think that's fair at all. I think that fans at Comic-Con should be given given much more if they sit there at Hall H. Like, everyone at Hall H deserves, like, a fucking trophy for camping out there with their babies. Right. Like Uh, A trophy or to be arrested. Or to be arrested. Um, Don't camp out with your fucking babies, dude. You're a parent. You've accepted it. Right. You have signed up for this shit. So weird that you guys were just like... Every parent I know, fucking Ivan, Mariah, everybody was like, I'm staying home and having mom slash dad con. Because I care about my child. Right. (laughs) These motherfuckers were walking their babies around in the back of the hall and everything, trying to calm them down. Yes, because you just made your child sit in one place for... Oh, whatever. We're not going to go into it. Don't bring but, your children to Comic-Con and make them sit in the line. Let them go to sleep. But I completely agree with you because as I'm watching this, the marketing person in me is like, all right, I get why they want exclusive trailers. Yeah. Um, and I, most of that has to do with the fact that a lot of times they can make um, really nice deals for themselves by making sites fight for the right to be the first to release footage. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, 
cool, go ahead and release the footage to Comic-Con people, they get to see it first, but you need to already have it set up so that as soon as your panel is over, that goes live on the site of your choice. Mm -hmm. Don't do this, oh, it's an exclusive trailer just for Comic-Con bullshit. No one likes that. It doesn't make anyone happy. Like, mm -hmm. as a fan, when um, when Marvel did that with, um, oh, it was like the first Ultron trailer. Mm -hmm. Like, you had to have been there to see the full thing, mm -hmm. and they released a smaller thing. As That didn't make me feel like, oh, it's my own fault for not going to Comic-Con. It made me like, fuck you, Marvel. Like, are you fucking serious? Like, in today's day and age, I don't get to see your trailer. Maybe I don't give a shit about your fucking movie. I obviously give a shit. <laughs> but it's like, I, it doesn't create goodwill among your fans. And, okay, if you're creating goodwill among the small percentage of people who are at Comic-Con, that's actually not good business, first no. of all. So I completely agree with you. You should be giving an experience mm -hmm. to people at Comic-Con. Give them something interesting but your trailers need to be... If you don't want your shitty trailers out there, you need to be ahead of that and have your trailer ready to go mm -hmm. as soon as your panel ends. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants the shitty footage. They want your good footage. Mm -hmm. I really, honestly, Star Wars and Mockingjay keep hitting it out of the park with that stuff. Like, I'm, Mockingjay had, like, private parties and stuff. Star Wars had the concert... And, of course, Harrison Ford showed up, and just to breathe the same air as him is basically Yeah, I exclusive. felt very privileged. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's how you do a Comic-Con Hall H panel, especially in this day and age where everyone releases their trailer at Comic-Con. Everyone brings out the cast. That's shit we expect from you. Right. It's time to change. So, Step it up. That, was my, that was my rant. If you want to read more, Donna Dickens from, um, from Hit Fix Harpy wrote a really good piece on it as well, so go check her out. Um, what else? You were speaking of Star Wars, so there was oh, comics yes. news. Uh, so there's a little comics news out of Star Wars. We've got the Vader Down crossover, uh, which is going to be really cool. I'm very excited about it because I love the way that the Vader story is being told right now. But there's also the third miniseries that was uh, announced. So we've had Leia, we've got Lando right now. If you haven't read it, fucking read it. Um, uh, and then now we have Chewbacca, and mm -hmm. it's going to be a spin-off story about Chewbacca, and he partners up, so he leaves the group, basically, for a little side mission for the Rebellion, <laughs> and he meets this girl named uh, Zora, and mm -hmm. she's she looks like Chell from Portal, but she's very obviously, That's like, exciting. a woman of color, and so I wanted to give, like, a little shout-out to Marvel Comics and Star Wars for introducing... That's five new female characters within, like, the first big runs of their comics. And, what, like, half of... No, more than half of them are women of color. Pretty which exciting. is pretty intense. Like, I mean, Afra's still up for debate, but I see her as an Asian woman. Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. And then, of course, we've got a little news out of, out of the Star Wars panel that we're going to see a lot more representation. And the galaxy is large, and everyone should be able to factor into that. It's a fucking galaxy. Right. So, again, kudos to Star Wars for finally catching up with everyone and not being stubborn and bullshitty like everyone else. Like Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who. You should cast a woman. Man, the Doctor Who panel, somebody did ask him, is there going to be a female doctor? And Moffat was like, I mean, obviously for what I'm doing, anyone who could read between the lines. Basically what he was trying to say is the, the older woman who plays like kind of, um, I think she's called the master. Mm -hmm. Um to the doctor, like, she's supposed to be the very obvious, like, yes, sometimes they're female thing, mm -hmm. but it's like, the way he answered was just so fucking disrespectful, and of he course. didn't even say yes, that I kind of wanted to be like, actually, any idiot could see that you're fucking stalling and not giving us a straight answer because you're a piece of shit for mm -hmm. a human. He was just a pain in the ass. My cats are humping each other in protest. Stop it, you two! Hey! Hey! Stop! Let him stop. get out of his system. Stop! 
<laughs> Look at Bailey's little foot trying to kick him off. Smokey, you are too old for that. Your balls don't work no more. Some people, they, they've never worked. They're both <laughs> neutered males. Exactly. Hey, 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 stop sniffing your brother's butt. Can't have sex during Mama's podcast. <laughs> Any other time you want, sure. Um, so that was, like, the Doctor Who panel was a panel. I was just like, like, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman were great. Mm-hmm. But Moffat was just like, oh my god. He's always so podcast. insufferable. Like, Moffat is the primary reason I don't watch Doctor Who or Sherlock or any of that. And I have fans, uh, friends that are just like, oh my god, Sherlock is the fucking shit! And I'm like, I don't really want to watch that. I don't like the actors. I don't like the director. Nothing is nice. So, all, with all due respect to your fandom, not Right, it's thing. like, well, obviously, yes, we know that there can be women doctors. We were asking you, bitch... If yeah. you were about to make that happen. The doctor. <laughs> like, not uh, the women doctors that float by him in the galaxy. Right. No, the doctor. Hey, is the doctor going to be a woman now? Yeah. That's what you were being asked. You chose to be obtuse about it and a fuck face. Anyway, if I was the person to ask that question, I'd be like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm going to stop watching your series. Thank you, bye. You're so disrespectful. Seriously. Um, so there were some other panels that had interesting things. Oh, the Deadpool panel was probably my favorite panel. Mm. Um, first of all, everybody on it was hilarious. Of course. They were all pretty funny. And then they, they showed the trailer. Guys, if you haven't seen that trailer, go watch that fucking trailer. Deadpool is in such good hands. Yes. Like, we, every, we loved it so much that we chanted... At Chris Hardwick until he's like, what? Well, guys, we're not supposed to, but I've got a microphone. So we're going to play it again. Roll the footage. (laughs) We're like, yeah! (laughs) And we watched it again. It was really fucking exciting. Mm. Um, It's definitely one of the few superhero movies that I saw that excited me. Because they they have quite a few trailers shown in Hall H. It's not just the panel. They also do something called Trailer Park. Mm. Um, And there were some trailers that convinced me and some trailers that made me feel meh. Um... So I figured I'd just do a little run-through, and you can share your opinions yeah, on what you thought about the trailers. So, um, Batman versus Superman. Yes, that's a that's an exact I'm, pretty, I'm, like, almost completely convinced that the time we saw Wonder Woman in the trailer is the time we're going to see her in the movie. Like, I think that she's going to get maybe a minute extra of that time. So, I'm really just not excited by it, or whatever. I just don't care. I don't care. Like... It just feels like, I, I wish, I have a feeling that if when the movie comes out, if someone mixes it into like a three minute music video, I'm going to get the idea and not have to watch it because it's a fucking Zack Snyder movie, which is basically a music video anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, that trailer looked horrible. Yeah. I was like, even like, um, why, why am I just blanking on her name right now? The woman we both love who spit on you. Oh, Aisha Tyler. Aisha Tyler was like. So that looks like a mech, Batman. And she asked it, like, a positive way, but you could tell she really was thinking, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, there were things in it that just made me feel like this is so CGI and so overwrought and so emo and dark. And part of what I always have loved about Batman is the, the kind of wacky... I don't almost. I almost want to say humor. Even in his darkest stories, it's it's at least satire, right? Mm-hmm. Because the idea of a man dressing as a bat is ridiculous, and that man needs mental help if he's running around dressing as a bat. There's something mentally wrong with him, and he needs to be put into the very same safe house he's putting these these uh, bad guys in. And if we take it seriously like that, that's what I'm forced to think by a man walking around with little pointy ears. <laughs> he's a batmobile and a batarang and a bat suit. That's fucking insane. 
So you can't force me to take it very seriously because then I'm just going to have way too many questions and say, well, this is sad now. I'm sad. This man needs help. Why aren't we helping him? I don't want to feel that way about fucking Batman. You need to at least add some satire to it, something, if you're not going to add humor. Personally, I really like the first two Tim Burton movies. I know a lot of people love the new Batman stuff. I'm one of the few people that feel this way. But for me, that was more a comic Mm. Because crazy bullshit was happening that definitely shouldn't be happening in a real, like, what the fuck? That clown just hop out of there and smash a giant tube? Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, that's what I need to be able to enjoy, like, a Batman comic. Mm-hmm. Some of the other heroes you can work with, like Superman. Okay, if we get the concept that a man is born with these powers, blah, 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 you can make a serious movie about that. Sure. I don't know why the fuck you want to all the damn time. Maybe sometimes it'll be fun Superman's if you make boring, it funny. so I'm making serious movies about him. He's pretty boring. But when you have a character like Batman, whose whole premise is actually that, yes, he's insane. He's been driven insane. Like, I can't get with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this. It's all dark. It's mopey. It's sad. The panel basically says that Gotham is Oakland, and Metropolis is uh, San Francisco, which actually makes me, like, feel a certain way because That's I'm like... different because Gotham is supposed to be like Chicago, New York City. Right, well, it's not anymore. It's like they're right next to each other and that's part of why Batman is getting involved. And then I'm like, okay, so y'all still can't have any people of color in your inner city bullshit. Y'all some dicks. I didn't see any cyborg in that trailer. I've been sh- promised cyborg and Aquaman. They showed Wonder Woman, but the only thing they showed of her was her getting knocked back. And hey, still looking really skinny and not muscly and like a supermodel gal. They're like, her pose is just like... I am a very sexy woman. I'm Wonder Woman. And I was like really happy to see her, but then I watched it again and I was like, this is not... This is not fun. Don't like it. Nothing was fun about that trailer. So basically it gets a big fat meh. Yeah. I think everyone's going to go see it. It's going to be a blockbuster and then we're all going to complain about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Suicide Squad. So I have separate opinions on this because I saw, I did not see the trailer they leaked, but the the trailer that they put up is apparently different uh, on YouTube. So I actually, uh, I was really worried about Suicide Squad. I was worried about Suicide Squad because the Joker is in it, and Suicide Squad is the tale of Harley, not exactly as a whole, but Harley's big arc in Suicide Squad was moving away from Joker. So the new trailer, because I was worried in that first trailer, it was just kind of like, she's just some sexy, crazy girl. This new trailer shows different scenes where it really looks like in this movie, the whole Joker thing is going to be a flashback. It's going to be her, like, horrific dreams and memories of what he did to her. And, because you see these little things, like, when he, like, over, he, like, escapes from Arkham, and she's in there, and she'd been working on him. He captures her, he straps her down with belts. One of them is across her face, and he holds up these, like, electrocutors, and he, like, he he does that whole, like, I'm gonna hurt you real, real bad line. And that's how he drives her insane. And then you see shots of her has Harley with him, and you see the whole Batman chase where Batman's on top of their car. And, like, it's out of order, but then you can just put it in chronological order and be like, wait, this this came before. So, I'm alright. Like, and and Amanda Waller seems like she's mad and awesome and in charge, and, like, everyone's a little loopy, and I like that. That I'm cool with. I liked Suicide Squad as a trailer. I did not like the Hall uh, trailer. Yeah, the Hall trailer, personally watching it for that first time, I wasn't very impressed with it. It seemed like too many disparate things happening, and it didn't seem to have kind of the cohesion that made Avengers work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, and that's really what I'm holding it to, is Hollywood doesn't do that great with ensemble superhero movies, as a general rule. There have been exceptions. And those exceptions, 
I've I've seen patterns in them, and I'm not seeing that pattern in this. In this, it's looking like they're telling lots of very different stories in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and that makes me nervous. You know, we see Will Smith being very loving. It's like, oh, we're going to humanize these crazy fucks, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, to a certain extent, yes, you need to make me care about this character, but also, like, can we just be a little bad? Can we just fucking be bad? Yeah. Not like, we're saying they're bad, but we're showing how good they are. No, I mean, like, can we, can they be bad, and mm-hmm. I still like them? Like, how Deadpool pretty much is, like, a horrible fucked up thing, but we all still like him. That's kind of what I would like to see from this. So for me, seeing all these very different looking pieces makes me nervous, because either we're going to get those very quickly, Mm -hmm. and they're not really going to do anything, or the movie is going to be really choppy with all these different people, and we're going to have to wait for Suicide Squad 2 to actually get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, I think that's, that's really what worried me, is that you know, with Will Smith having that whole, like, moment with his daughter. Like, I can tell that all of those are things that happened before the Suicide Squad started, but I'm worried about how much of the movie that's going to be. Right. Or, like, when it's going to pop up. Like, if they do it well, if it's, like, in little flashbacks, in little moments uh, that, that occur to them that, like, you know, you can see later why they decided to join this crazy Suicide Squad, which Will Smith quotes in the trailer. Oh, yeah, that made me so uncomfortable. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. damn, really, guys? I want him, because of that single quote, I really want him to write a song for the movie. Just like Wild Wild West. Suicide Squad. Boom. We roll deep with a Suicide Squad. We coming through with a Suicide Squad. Don't mess with that. Like, oh, God. Well, we're going to be a party here. Oh, my God. Yes. I kind of want it now. Um, <laughs> we'll be in a club like, do the Suicide <laughs> Strike so, me dead, Lord! I have sinned. So hopefully that turns out because I honestly don't know how it's going to turn out. Like I don't know if I'll like it or not. That's that's more of a, a movie that I will go see more than Batman versus Superman. So Katie, that's a really good point. But unfortunately, if you're ever going to tell a story using Batman characters. The entire concept of Batman and his world revolves around mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And that mental instability is the reason people are villains. Although, like I said, it is also a commentary on it because Batman himself is clearly mentally ill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's just always going to be... Anytime they take a care from that character from that universe, you're going to have to deal with the fact that they're going to be talking about them as a mentally ill person and not actually doing any justice to that. That all worked in the 90s when Batman actually cared about re- rehabilitating his villains and stuff. So. Bum, Miss that, Batman! Fantastic Four! I'm actually pretty excited about it. You know, um, I think the only thing that bothers me is Doom, but hey, we'll see how that turns out. Doom. I gotta tell you, during the panel, the guy who plays Doom was like, we all know Doom is the greatest comic book villain of all time. And paused... For the clapping, mm-hmm. nobody fucking clapped or nobody cheered. Nobody likes Doom. Because nobody, I, I was like, this should be beat by Squirrel Girl. All my coworkers were like, oh. <laughs> But it's like, nobody cheered when he said that. Everyone just kind of looked at him. And then he had to like, he said it again. And then he like kind of had to give, it was so awkward. Oh. But like, nobody was going to give him that. Because everyone was just like, not even close, bro. Doom's kind of a joke. Like, like I really <laughs> thought that he was a joke. Because I wasn't, I never read Fantastic Four comments, comics before, so my introduction to Doom was Marvel vs. Capcom, and he's so, he's so kooky, and I like, I was like, oh, he's just like a funny villain, like, he's not, and I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, Victor, Victor Von Doomensteins. <laughs> That's what I call him. Anyway, uh, Victor Domashev. Um, but I am excited about that. I mean, like, 
I'm obsessed with Michael B. Jordan right now. I think he's going to be really cool. I love that, like, there's there's a big family element to it, which I love. That was, like, one of the things that got me into the theaters for the old Fantastic Four movies, but I didn't return for the second one because I hated it so much. So Right. Um, yeah. Surprising myself a lot, that trailer won me over. Yeah. Just like you said, I felt like they were telling me a story about some humans, mm -hmm. some interesting humans and a bond they were forming, mm -hmm. and now they're going to go and get these powers. Like, I'm actually really sad that that doesn't get to be canon because, like, this to me is the same sort of thing I felt like I saw... Um, in other movies where ensemble casts were put together really well, it's like mm -hmm. that, that excitement you get when you're like, they're putting together a team. Yeah. Not like, we're throwing all the random people we can find. Like, this feels very, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, I was just really excited about it. Although I will say that, um, my friend was like, well, I was just so sad because all of them were talking like they hadn't read the comics and blah, 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 blah. So I wanted to tangent about that really briefly and say that in all these panels, from Warcraft to Game of Thrones to Fantastic Four, all the superhero movies, when the actors were asked if they'd read the source material, almost all of them said no. And on top of that, they're all often very, like, their producers and directors discourage them from mm -hmm. doing that and being influenced by the older characters. And I'm actually really glad because I have always hated Sue Storm. I think that she is a completely vapid character in the comics. I thought that of her when Jessica Alba played her in the old Fantastic Four, so I'm hoping that this Sue Storm is really cool and, like, not overly concerned with the details of her wedding or which wine we should drink tonight. She doesn't seem like it from the trailer. Yeah, she seems like a cool science lady, right. so yeah, it's pretty so that neat. would be good. Um... Yeah, definitely, and and uh, Derek Duh, we everybody knows that we're all reading Secret Wars and all that. Um, in Battle World, Metal. Um, it's not but you distracted me. Yo. Sorry, but I wanted to say thing based on what you were saying. Oh, I just think that for a lot of actors, um, it can if you get too much in your head, you can't play the character as an actual person, you're playing it as a character. Mm -hmm. So, to answer my friend who was being all upset about that, I feel like they shouldn't. Because they're sh they should be playing from what they have in the script and what they feel in their heart, because otherwise we're not going to get as authentic of a character. We might not like their interpretation of the character, but then just go fucking read yourself some comics. Like, <laughs> all the comics disappear whenever a movie is made. Oh, no! You know the comics industry is, like, the smallest geeky industry besides, like, tabletop games? Mm hmm So don't be fucking complaining about your precious comics. None of y'all putting your money where your mouth is. Yep. Okay, I'm, just, I'm sorry. We are, though. That's why Spider-Gwen did so well. Yes. Hey. <laughs> um, I, that was most of the things I wanted to say about the panels, I think, except it was interesting in Warcraft, one of the guys was like, um, oh, P.S., don't bother seeing Warcraft. It looks really <laughs> shitty. Um, but one of the guys was like, yeah, you know, I was going to turn it down, but then my wife was like, oh, my God, World of Warcraft, you know, it's my favorite game. I don't know. He was like, yeah, I'll take it. And then he was like, now I'm a hero to my wife. And I was just like, that's so cute. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, like, totally just, a, they should have just made a cartoon and called it a day. What are they doing? Who knows, man? Mm -hmm. um, oh, and... They sh the last thing I wanted to say on my part was they show I had to stay the first day um, all the way through because I didn't want to be caught like slipping on the job or something. Mm. You know? So they made supervisors stay thirty minutes later than everyone else. Do you know what was happening during the thirty minutes of my first day? Hmm. The world premiere of Scooby Doo meets Kiss. Ugh. It is <laughs> a Scooby Doo movie where uh, the gang goes to Kissland, the theme park based on Kiss, because you all know just how popular Kiss is. <laughs> 
and they have to investigate a mystery, but it turns out that Kiss... Kiss are actually basically Power Rangers with magical powers that each relate to their different... Um, Aren't there only two themes? of them now? There were, there were like four or five of them. I didn't really count. <laughs> they, they use things like Star Eye Magic and Lightning Bolt and Wildcat Claws. And it was the... Tri- like, I felt like I was on drugs watching the movie. It was the trippiest shit I've ever witnessed in my life. Oh my and I'm God. so happy that I stayed for the whole thing because I want to one day tell children about that experience. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Who the fuck did you guys make this for? <laughs> People who like Kiss are old and not children, so this needs to be witty, but this show is terrible. It's made for babies. But guess what babies don't like? Kiss. <laughs> there was a song that played in the middle of it about making love to your woman. Wow. In the night, touching her softly until it blooms, spreading her legs. What? What? What happened? What? In Hall happened? H. In Hall H. I don't know what's happening. People were taking their kids and just leaving. Their kids were like, ah. Dude, yeah, Kiss, Kiss is everywhere now. And speaking of baby metal, they were... They were with, what, uh, Momoiro Clover Z, which is another girl metal band from Japan at Anime Expo. And the the two remaining members of KISS that hadn't been kicked out uh, apparently opened the concert or whatever, but I didn't go because I was too busy being drunk. So Oh, there was one more... Th- you guys just reminded me of something. Shit. There was one more thing I wanted to talk... Oh, Joss Whedon has a new comic coming out. Yay! That's all I remember, though. Victorian Batman Liam. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. He was like, basically, it's like a Victorian steampunk Batman if he was a chick. Yeah. So, I guess that moves us on to Chick Pick! Do, do, ah! do, do, do. Um, so, my first Chick Pick is my cousin, uh, who's been very supportive of my book. Uh, I realized I haven't really promoted her books as much as I would like to think that I do, so I wanted mm-hmm. to tell you guys about her. She is a woman of color, and she writes paranormal romance, so shit with, like, werewolves, vampires, that sort of thing. I think she's mostly solidly in werewolves, though, um, and always features women of color as the main characters and likes to feature uh, Asian men as well as objects of desire because so often Asian men are overlooked in our culture as being sexually desirable. Um, so she likes to bring a nice, diverse cast of people to paranormal romance. Um, so while most of you might not read paranormal romance, I don't really know your book things, um, I'd love it if you could help spread the word if you ever meet anybody. Like, I actually met somebody. I was, like, trying to explain the book to her. She was like, oh, pararomance. I love pararomance. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you, that's what it's called. I know that. All right. And then I was able to, like, recommend. So if anyone's ever talking about they need some good paranormal romance, let's wash out the taint of Twilight and replace it with something much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just linked to her Amazon, um, and that link should have, like, a bunch of her books. But if you see any that appeal to you and you want to pick it up or buy it for your mom, that'd be great. Better deal than Prime Day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I'm pretty sure anything is a better deal. Every than day. Watching, sm- watching Smokey, like, try to have sex <laughs> with Bailey was a better deal <laughs> than Prime Day. <laughs> Uh, going on to my chick pick movie pilot, of course, everything that I was doing at Comic-Con, my entire days of work each day, uh, we have created a digital magazine for Comic-Con, which I forgot to put the link to. Yeah, I'm like, great, thank you. Uh, it's moviepilot.com slash magazine slash Comic-Con 2015. Um, and yeah, we, we worked really hard on it. It's about the, the 
only the experience that you can get at Comic Con specifically. The the marketing, uh, the experience as a press person. Um, I wrote about the true stories from the pedicabs of the Gaslamp District, and of course, we talked and interviewed and camped out with people in the Hall H line. So go check it out. Uh, we worked really hard on it. So um, if you share it with your friends, that would be dope. I shared the link for you. Yay! You're welcome. Um, I, so, I don't know if you guys heard, but there are these variant covers for, um, some Marvel books that are, uh, basically hip-hop covers, and quite a few people have complained about the fact that they're doing this, they're blatantly using hip-hop and, and pretending that they're catering to black people with all this diversity, but meanwhile, can you name a black writer for a big Marvel title right now? Because I can't. A black woman mar- uh, writer ever Mm-mm. for Marvel? Because I can't. Um, so there was a really great response for it that kind of puts it in perspective if you wanted an idea of like what the problem is with doing something like that. And hey, Gay Meets Girl, thank you very much for hosting us. I posted it right here. Um, but it just talks a little bit about how um, kind of it sucks. And that's that's basically what they were like. They were like, there's so many words, but this is the word I will use. And like, yes, you're. it just it sucks that... They're trying to be like, look, we care about you, black people. And it's like, but you don't. It's, you know, and I mean, it's kind of going on to that big debate with um, Amanda Steinberg, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, what if we liked black people as much as we like black culture? Right. So, very important. Um, and with that said, I'm going to go ahead and skip to my third one. I'll go to my, my second one in a bit. Okay. Um, go check out the old school milestone titles. Uh, DC has an online comics library. You can get them on Amazon. These are the origins of Static Shock and their big famous villains er, and, and heroes. And it's... The rocket. It's amazing, the rocket. They, I mean... The great thing about Milestone is it wasn't just focusing on, on black culture. It was Asian heroes. There were transgender heroes, lesbian mm-hmm. heroes, gay heroes, people of all origins. And they're about to try and pull in a new crop of diverse creators with diverse superhero stories. And DC is putting that in one of their big 52 universes. So it's a big deal for you guys to support the Earth M initiative, uh, especially, you know, personally to me, if you guys could go... Check them out. Tell them you're really excited. Follow Dakota Universe on um, on Twitter and just like keep up with Milestone because they're going to do some amazing things this year. Right, and showing your support and showing that money can be placed towards this is really what's going to help keep that going and keep them making those comics. Mm-hmm. And Derek, I'm pretty sure you're being flippant, but I will actually address that. You can definitely like those covers. They look dope. But we should be using these covers to have a com- like a conversation and to force Marvel to acknowledge the fact that they have a problem with hiring black writers. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and like it, but also just be a little fucking angry. Yeah, it's okay to like something and still know that it's a problem. Right? Like, we got a lot of things like that. Yeah, I love a bunch of stuff that I realize is a problem, so I talk about it because I love it that much and I want it to be awesome. I like want it that's to be better. That's yes. part of what being a supportive fan is. There's no wall that blocks you if you don't like a thing within that great big thing you like. Right. So keep looking at that. Um, was that my it, oh, yours? So um, I just wanted to share. Comic Book Girl is selling a print of her. From her calendar. P.S. If you missed her calendar, sorry, because that shit looked fucking dope. Um, but anyway, it's very pretty, and she's somebody that I really support because uh, I used to work with her. Name drop. Bag of Maker. <laughs> and she's worked so hard, her and um, Robot, who shall not be named. I don't know if she's named her 
partner to the public, so I won't. Um, but they've worked so hard to make that show, and she's so fucking legit uh, that I just really want to support her and make sure she's, like, huge and big and not just, like, having a booth she has to share with somebody at Comic-Con. Like, she should definitely be, like, big enough that she's having crazy lines they gotta shut down, and they're putting her on all kinds of panels and stuff. So anyway... I would love it if you guys would check out her store and see if there's anything there that appeals to you and check out her videos as well. Yay! Um, I recently, for my third chick pick, I launched a blog for my other podcast, Moss Eisley Comic Port, and on Monday we're going to be, and I shouldn't, I, I mean, it doesn't matter, I've got no PR person, fuck it, ah! Um, I'm going to expand that because we are hosting more podcasts from more amazing people with voices within the Star Wars community, and I just decided that the website shouldn't just be about comics. So the the space or the comic port is still going to go on as a podcast, but I'm going to expand it on Monday. So for right now, go check out mossisleycomicport.wordpress.com and bookmark it because on Monday it's going to be something else. Yay! Oh, that's Star exciting. Wars. Yay, Star Wars. <laughs> that was <laughs> anyway guys we hope you've enjoyed this rundown of our experiences at comic con real quick you've got about five minutes to tell us if there was anything that you wanted to um t-bone is his nickname uh, if there's anything else that you wanted us to talk about or share about our experience or about a panel or anything like that oh i did keep forgetting to mention supernatural so i will just say i'll be perfectly honest with you i wasn't that interested in the panel so i didn't pay attention to a whole lot of it uh, except that one of the brothers kept saying, we're not the lose jesters, which was adorable. And then the moderator started using a tiny mouse and talking in a tiny mouse voice, and it was incredibly annoying, and it went on for way too long, and it was awkward and strange. Uh, also, one of the fans called them out for the killing of female characters, and it sounded like they were talking a lot of smack, like, the show's gonna get good again, kind of like sideways talk so yeah it, it just wasn't that interesting of a panel to somebody who's not a, a, a big fan sorry let's masturbate wow <laughs> it's a good twitch name anyway I've been Katrina Dennis oh Katrina I was like, who is Katrina I'm Dennis? Katrina. That's not who runs this show with me. I'm Sarah the Rebel. You should not follow us on Twitter because <laughs> we don't know uh, how to get into our Twitter we account. We don't have that password. If you are a hacker, can you please hack Woman Up Podcast on Twitter? Um, but you can find us on Tumblr, although I don't think she updates it. And you can find us on allgames.com. In fact, if you want to listen to the... I like how you just didn't even grace me with a response. You were like... I mean, I don't. I'm sorry. Um, the, on allgames.com is where you can listen to our audio podcasts, so if you're the type who wants to put it on your RSS, or just download it to listen to in your car, you can do that there. And thank you, Derek, from All Games, for being here and being the jerk that you always are. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Thank you for tuning in, everybody! Bye! Bye! Bye!